Welcome to Chronicles Abroad, presenting Global Grind with Aaron, a weekly podcast series where we discuss practical steps to get you started working abroad. Welcome to Global Grind. I'm Francis. What's going on, everybody? I'm Nubia. And we have Mr. Aaron back with us. I'm back. I'm back. Welcome back, Aaron. So, Aaron, this is episode four, and we are wrapping it up. How are you feeling? I'm feeling fantastic. How are you feeling? Feeling great. Yeah, we're excited about the topic for today. Yeah, me too. This is one that I've been I've been really excited to share with. The the first three were awesome, but this is kind of uh, this is something I've spent a lot of time doing, and so I'm excited to share with everybody uh, my experience with it. And this was um, actually ties back to how we even decided to work with you because it was a situation where it was like when you was talking about being visible, this is what this content is all about. Yep. Making yourself visible and using that content to get abroad. Yeah. And we were just talking before we started recording about the fact that part of the reason you guys had asked me to join the podcast was because you, um, after we recorded the first episode, you had looked at, through my my blog and thought it was kind of interesting, uh, my perspective, and you had a chance to get a, a sense of my ideas before we actually recorded the, the first episode. And uh, that's why I wanted to bring up using content to get abroad is because it can be so powerful um, for creating opportunities that may not otherwise be there if you're willing to put in the time to uh, to create it and, and leverage it to make connections and um, which ties in a little bit to what we were talking about last week. Yeah, and I love that idea because it is very powerful. And if you have some sort of online skill and it could be anything technical or non-technical, but if you are able to index yourself online and have your content online, you can create some really powerful opportunities. Yeah, and you hear about it a lot, personal branding online and, and it's most visible in people who are doing like Instagram, like Instagram lifestyle blogs and travel blogs, but it really can be much, much more than that. And for a much wider range of people, it's not just for um, the beautiful couples who are, you know, running around the world together. It can be for people in any industry who want to share ideas about their industry and their expertise and, and share it with people and, and make connections that way. Okay, awesome. So let's dive right in and get started to what that actually looks like. Yeah. So I think when you start talking about using content, the first thing to focus on is what is the best platform for your industry or the content you want to be sharing or the topics that you want to talk about. So very generally, um, if you're not familiar already, especially for people who are maybe a little bit older and aren't super familiar with or haven't grown up with social media, a couple, we'll just go over a couple of the basic platforms. So Instagram tends to be for artists and visual industries. So people who are doing photography, videography, and other artistic endeavors, lifestyle, fashion, those types of things. So anything that's super focused on the visual aspect is going to be found on Instagram. And then, I agree. Yeah. And as we know, LinkedIn is more for our thought leadership and more corporate professions like sales, marketing, entrepreneurship education too mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah. so linkedin is is being used for a lot of a lot of different mediums so i think that's a great platform for everyone regardless of what um profession you're in you can totally yeah. use linkedin and i think one of the nice things about linkedin is it allows one of the things that i like about it is you can really control how involved you want to get so you can do just post updates and comment on different people's posts in your industry if you want to keep things kind of minimal or you can do full posts 
on the site and post full articles that you want to share on them that are a little bit longer and get dive a little bit deeper into topics. So you have that flexibility a bit. And then, like you said, it's super industry specific. So it's very easy to get in front of the people who you, it's very easy to get your work in front of the people that you would want to see it um, and, and make connections that way. Yeah. And, then, and let's go back to Instagram because we kind of just glanced over it real quick. But Instagram can also be used as a free platform to do marketing. So if you are an um, artistic person or, you know, you're in some kind of fashion or whatever, it's a great place to market your business for free and get seen and get um, ahead of the game by being by using hashtags, right? Because you got to use the hashtags that work for your business and that will help you get a global um, connection or global market. And one thing to add about that, if you turn Instagram into a business account, you can get the metrics so you can see who's following you. The demographics, age, location and all that could be very useful information for when you are doing you know, social media ads and all that stuff to bring in clients. And, uh, and Instagram is actually something that I'm more new to. So I've always, I personally have always focused, used more Twitter, or I've always used Twitter and LinkedIn more so, because I don't do visual, uh, I don't do visual work. So uh, that's not an area of expertise for me, but you guys are both correct uh, that it's great for marketing. Yeah, um, I mean, so you, you just said you use Twitter. And I'm the opposite, right? I can tell you I'm Twitter illiterate. So give us a little bit, like, can you use Twitter to get ahead of the game and be visible in your market? Like, what market would Twitter fall under? That's actually a good question. I think that I've always used it kind of like, I think we talked a little bit about last week, is the more relaxed LinkedIn. I know that there, there's lots of different communities on Twitter, but I've always used it as the more relaxed LinkedIn. So typically what I'll do is I'll go into LinkedIn, and I'll pick a couple of targets that I want to contact. And then I'm creating, obviously, like on my blog or on Medium, I'm, I have this content that's curated that's specific to the industry that I'm targeting. So, for example, if I'm writing about living abroad and I want to interview an HR person, like an HR expert, about the best way to appeal to an employer abroad, what I'll do is I'll go onto LinkedIn and I'll view their page so that they view me. But then I'll go onto Twitter and I'll send them some of my content and just tweet at them and say, like, I like this is I just a, like a general post. This is a post on whatever. But then I'll I'll make sure that I tweet at them just to make sure that they see it. And then I'll go into their direct message and I'll shoot them a message and say, Hey, I'm Aaron. I just tweeted at you. I have this blog called Twelve Hour Difference. Um, I've been interviewing CEOs and experts in different fields about working abroad. Um, if it's something that you would be interested in, I would love to interview you and then kind of let it sit for a couple of days. If you don't hear back, I'll go back and view their LinkedIn so that I pop up again, maybe send out another tweet and then wait and see what happens. Obviously, it doesn't always work that they would they'll tweet back, but I've been really, really surprised at how much success I've had. Um, just you going between those two platforms. I've had CEOs of uh, Startup Portugal, Startup Brazil, Startup Argentina, um, an IBM leader, all of those people just by going between, you know, Twitter, LinkedIn and, and starting conversations with them on both platforms. Yeah. And like we talked last time, Twitter is a good way to build connections. So if you did read that person's article and you retweeted their article, it's a great way to introduce yourself to them and begin a relationship. That's exactly right. So if, if they've, that's, it works both ways. So it's content that you've written, but then also if you've read something that it, that really, um, that you thought was great, 
you can go on and say, hey, I just read this article by so-and-so and tweet them and say, you guys should read it. And they'll see that you're promoting their content. And that's kind of a nice way to get on the radar as well. Hmm. Guess I need to learn how to use Twitter. <laughs> Me too. I don't really use it. <laughs> I'm terrible at it. But I, mean, uh, I guess we're like, the older, the older <laughs> community that you're talking about, Aaron. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, well, but like you said, do you want to find the 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 platforms that work best for you but the key here is that you're you're using your content as a way as an excuse to start a conversation with them so whether you're saying whether you're just point, putting out your content and hoping that they see it or you're looking for a quote or you're looking for a podcast guest or you're looking for um, someone to get you know an expert to give feedback on your photography whatever your thing is you're using that as a way of adding a little bit co of context for who you are um, and also, yeah, and allowing them to 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 go onto your website and see, okay, this is not just a random person because it's a lot more likely they're going to respond if you're not just some random person who's appearing on the internet. If they can go to your blog or your podcast and see that you have lots of content and see kind of how you think and and what kind of information you're putting out there, it will give you a little bit of uh, a little a lot more credibility when they're considering whether or not to respond to you or provide a quote or do an interview. Okay. I love that. I love that. And then next we have Facebook and that's more community building. And so that's when you have the opportunity to maybe develop a community within your niche. So for example, if you're a life coach, maybe you develop a group specific to maybe let's say you tackle, I don't know, finances or something like that. And maybe that's the group that you create where you can provide, you know, support and services to a certain audience. Yeah, and travel bloggers and yeah, things like that. Anything. Yeah. But most people yeah. I know that use Facebook use it for friends and family more than anything. I haven't seen many people use it as a tool for work unless it is a service-based business. Where'd you find out about me? I'm saying through a service-based business. It was basically, you know, a, a community, like you said, a community yeah. group um, and that I'm a part of, and it was a recommendation. So, yeah, it is a lot of community building. You get what I mean? So I yeah. have, you know, I do know people that have businesses that do not have communities on Facebook, and they'll have, like, pages. So there's a difference between, like, a page and a group. And usually the pages is just, like, an informational about the business. But it really isn't for engagement. Well, yeah. It, yeah, I mean... I've seen, it depends on, I think, on the topic, because I've seen pages that have lots of engagement. But a, a community allows you to be a little bit more intimate and really get enough data. Like, like, say, if you're trying to launch a book or something like that, you can pull your community to see what it is that they want or they're looking for. And then you could, you know, narrow down what your book idea is. It's like being, it's like more having an interactive mm -hmm. approach. So if you're going to have a Facebook community, you need to make sure that you're going to have engagement Absolutely. because a, a community will just fall without it. Exactly. I think also I've always felt Facebook is a little bit more personal, like you said, friends and family. And so like I would never reach out to someone in my industry at their personal Facebook account. That, of course. Like, there's some, yeah. There's, yeah, there's something. But, but, but the difference being that on Twitter, no problem. LinkedIn, no problem. Instagram, probably no problem. But there's something about Facebook that feels like, I don't know, it, a little bit too personal and, and not the place to reach out one-on-one. -on -one. 
So that's the advantage of the community is that people are joining it voluntarily. So there's a little bit more openness once you're in the same community uh, to reach out. Yeah, of course. Totally yeah. agree with that. Yeah, I would say that it's easy to reach out to say, you know, hey, I seen you in X and Y and Z group mm-hmm. or, right. you know, I seen your comment or your post and I just wanted to kind of reach out to yep. blah. Yep. That makes sense. So moving on to the next um, piece would be like picking a topic. Yeah. So this is a bit of like our crash course on creating a content platform or creating your own personal brand online. So, uh, yeah, a bit of a crash course. But when you're looking at doing, whether you're doing a blog, photography, podcast, whatever your thing is, you want to make sure that you pick a good niche. And so when I had my first travel blog, the biggest, the huge rookie mistake that I made was that I did a travel blog, the most generic version of a blog that you can do where it's almost impossible to cut through the noise just because there's so many travel blogs. And so what you want to try to do is figure out what your special little niche is where you can stand out a little bit. So the difference between the first iteration of 12 hour difference where it was just a generic travel blog versus the second one was that I really narrowed it down to like basically millennials working abroad as professionals rather than just living abroad or traveling abroad. And the reason that that's so important is one, it w- I mean, on the technical side, it will help with your SEO and things because you're not battling all the thousands of blogs. But more importantly, it showcases your really special angle on whatever the topic is that you're focusing on. And so um, and that's really important because that's what's going to catch people's attention, um, both readers, but also when you're reaching out to industry leaders, you can say I have this platform, whatever it is, and it has this specific angle. And I think that your opinion specifically would be really valuable on it. Yeah. At the end of the day, it makes you stand out. And that's the goal. Right. And it shows that you have some unique information or unique perspective to share that maybe not everybody else does. And, uh, and that's really valuable for people. Absolutely. Agreed. And so the next that we have is let data guide you. Uh, so this is more about, especially if you do build a Facebook community or even a Facebook page, there are metrics behind that once you reach a certain number of likes or a certain number of members that can help you to figure out, you know, who's, you know, who's involved, demographics, where are they, that sort of thing. Right. And you can also see who's searching for what terms. And so basically, the, I don't, there's no, we don't need to get into super technical um, AdWords and, and picking, pick, picking keywords, but um, it's very easy to go in and see how many people already are own certain keywords or however, how many people are already showing up for keywords, which ones are oversaturated. And then you can also see which keywords nobody is searching for. So obviously you want to find somewhere in the middle where you're picking a niche that people are searching for that doesn't already have tons of blogs or podcasts or whatever that are covering that topic already. Love it. And so next we have brainstorming, whether it's blogs, podcasts, post ideas. Can you speak a little bit more about that? Yeah. So one of the dangers, if you... It's very easy when you're starting. I'm sure that you guys probably had a similar experience when you're doing when you're starting to create content for the first time. It's really, really easy to get overexcited and just start putting content out there without really checking yourself and making sure that you're providing unique insights into the topics that you're talking about. And so you just kind of, you know, you say, okay, I'm gonna do a travel blog, and you don't think about if people are gonna actually be interested in it or if you're providing a unique perspective and you just start creating content 
And what happens is you end up with buying a URL and you've got a WordPress site set up and then you realize, oh, this, this actually isn't so interesting or I don't actually have that much unique um, information to share about this or actually it would be a lot better if I had chosen a different topic with a different... Skip the fluff and shallow advice. Global Grind provides you with actionable steps so you can start grinding towards your dream of working abroad. Different angle um, that I can actually provide some unique value to. And so my only caution here is that to make sure that it's that your enthusiasm doesn't guide you towards leaping into it too quickly without making sure that it, what you're doing actually makes sense, which I know sounds obvious um, until you get super excited and you get the URL set up and you start writing and then you end up with kind of meh. Yeah, I think what happens is that we sometimes people forget, like, you know, the content is really about the user. Obviously, users want to connect with you and know your personal story and all that other stuff. But I think what happens is it turns into like this online journal or of some sort where it needs to be really about the, especially if you have a service based business, it has to be really about the audience. I mean, I agree to disagree. I hate to kind of throw the monkey wrench into the whole thing, but I encourage people to do it. Just do it. Because I think sometimes when you take too much time trying to research, wonder if it's going to be good, wonder if it's not going to be good, sometimes you don't even do it. And most times when you do launch something, it's going to be revamped or morphed into whatever it's supposed to be through the mistakes that you make through some of the um, successes that happen. So, yeah, I, I think we all been there where you do buy the URL or you spent a little bit of money doing this and doing that, and it didn't work. But what happens is that um, that pushes you to understand all the things that you did wrong and kind of how you would do it differently. So I'm, I'm the person that's all about experience. You get what I'm saying? Does that make sense? No, I get that. I think what we're trying to say is that whatever content you put out there just make sure, like people, it's just like when you talk to people, they like to talk about themselves, right? If you get in a conversation with someone, you ask them questions, people like to talk about themselves. So I think when you're thinking about content at the end of the day is how is this content going to help my audience? That's what we mean. Like, it yeah. mean, at the end of the day, yeah, if you if you have an idea, you know, I, you just have to pull the trigger at some point, right? You just have to just do it and figure it out as it goes because your audience is going to tell you it's working or not working at bottom line at the end of the day. But however, it's just to keep in mind that whatever content that you are putting out there uh, is servicing your audience. Again, I, I agree to disagree. I guess I just, I just look at it from a sense of, from a perspective of sometimes people just, you know, it's where there's times that we'll look at something and be like, oh my gosh, like how did somebody even think of that? Or why would they think that somebody would want to know that? But they'll have a million followers and have a big business out of it. Like sometimes it's just about, you know, if you're passionate about it, do it. You don't know who else might be passionate about it until you do it. So you don't really know what your audience may want or not want until you really try. And you might do something by accident or stumble across something and get more feedback than you thought you were going to get. You know what I mean? Because there's sometimes I'll post something or do something on my personal page that is just for me or, you know, friends and family, and it will, it will grow. And it's like, whoa, I didn't even think anyone would care about that. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> if I thought too hard about it, I would have never had posted it. Well, if you think about a service-based business, the whole goal is to solve a problem. 
So if your content is not solving a, a pain point, then it's going to be very difficult for you to, I mean, at the end of the day, you want to make sales or, you know, whatever it is. If you're not solving that pain point, you just, it's not going to happen. I don't think it's a, it's a, it doesn't need to be debilitating. Like, in a, yeah, debil- right. like a, it doesn't need to paralyze you. But I think that it's helpful for you as a creator to be able to answer for yourself, who am I writing to? What do I want to tell them? Why do they care? Identifying the demographic. The very, just the very basics of, of what you're doing. And, I, and again, that's maybe that takes a day, but that's a day that a lot of people skip when they're first getting into it that I think can save you a lot of time down the road. Just those basic questions. That Ooh, I agree what, with. I but I think that what you said is don't let it become debilitating because I've seen that. And that's no. what happens when you put way too much fucking thought into something. You get what that's I'm saying? Right. So, yeah, but I I'm do agree. Yeah, yeah but I do agree that you need to identify your demographic. And I really do encourage people to write that down if they can. You know, just really identify who are you who are you targeting. Writing it down is fantastic advice for yeah. anything, but especially for this. If you can have a one-page sheet that outlines exactly what it is you're trying to do. Not exactly, but those, that basic information, I think that's super important. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, so... So now you've, okay, you have your platform picked out, you know what you're going to be writing about, and you start putting content out there. And that's really scary because it could be your first time that you're putting your ideas out there for the world to see. And it's very, very tempting to only share that with your mom or your sister <laughs> or your best friend. And they say, oh, my gosh, your, your content is so awesome. And you're like, oh, my goodness, I'm really going to do it. Like, I'm a really good writer. But you're getting a very biased response. And so – the, the hardest and the scariest thing is putting it out there in places where people you don't know are going to read it and who where there's the potential to get real feedback. I have, yeah, I've put posts on Reddit before and I've gotten thrashed for it in the Get Out subreddit. They've destroyed me before. Um, and that was really hard because I was like, I have amazing content according to my mom. So I'm sure that the guy, people on Reddit are going to love it. Um, and they did not love it. And so, uh, but that was like, but it, it, it was a bit brutal but it was some really good feedback and 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 they were probably right and so i would just encourage people to one make sure that they're putting their content out to new audiences where the people that's people that don't know them directly and then two making sure that you're pitching to other publications or other platforms as well so if you can in in the case that maybe you're you're writing a blog making sure that you're sending your content out to get it posted on other people's blogs or on industry sites or whatever it is, just to give yourself that social validation. And also, if you're getting turned down a lot by publications, then maybe that's a good measuring stick to know that you need to adjust your content a little bit. Let me ask you a question. What is Reddit? Oh, Reddit is like a Quora in a sense, but how is Reddit and Quora different? What what would you say to it? The hell is a Quora? Oh, I love Quora. You can get down and... (laughs) Quora is like a rabbit hole of... I love Quora. You can ask a question and people anybody can answer it could be industry leaders it could be just someone who just read it and it's a good way to connect and i mean it's that's a whole nother conversation but i mean yeah, this is good to know some of the platforms because i don't understand it yeah quora is a place where it's a place where people ask a lot of questions and then people answer it and then people get to upvote those answers if it's you know really helpful and it's a good way a lot of people use it to use content, right? Use content to, like, if I'm uh, an industry leader in coaching or whatever, and someone asked a question about how I feel 
you know, I'm feeling depressed or something like that. If I'm a therapist, I'm going to go out there and answer that question because it shows that I'm also an expert. Or it could be from the average Joe reaching out and to say, you know, what is living like in Japan? And then somebody will answer that question. So it's pretty much like a community, would you say? Is it good to use for business? Is it it's something like if, if you wanted to start a business, right? Let's say if we went back to the brainstorming, right? Do you have a unique insight? What, you know, are you providing um, to your listener? Is it valuable? Is it something that you can post maybe a question to say, hey, I want to start a business mm-hmm. with this? Would, it, would yep. anybody be interesting? Almost like a polling? You can poll and you could use it for data too. I've used it for... Uh, data for writing certain blog posts just to get a sense of what people thought about certain topics. What do you think, Aaron? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, QR is is more of a question and answer based deal. And the difference between that and Reddit would be that Reddit is more of like a series of like Facebook groups, basically like com- just communities of people who uh, surround like uh, around certain topics. So it's like gardening i mean they're the reddit has it's i think the fourth most visited site on the internet so it's has there's a bajillion people on it and there's a thousand different subreddits but there's a subreddit for every topic so it's basically all these little mini communities that just share content and links to other websites and in whatever um and ideas and questions and all kinds of stuff reviews on things products fitness i mean everything so it could be beneficial for somebody wanting to you know potentially take um that leap of faith to move abroad or find a career abroad, they can ask those questions. Absolutely. Yeah, so you could go to the subreddit Get Out or Get Me Out. I think it's Get Me Out. Get Uh, Me Out. (laughs) Yeah, and it's all about people who are asking questions and providing answers about moving abroad. So in that that particular instance, it's a little bit like Kiora. Um, I think Kiora would be more for if you wanted to establish yourself as like an an industry thought leader, you could be really... Uh, proactive in answering questions on Kiora and get your status on Kiora kind of built up a bit as an expert on a certain topic. So I've been saying it wrong. I've been calling it Quora, but it's Kiora. Kiora? What is it? I, I, I don't know. We're probably both. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, I was just, uh, actually a few minutes ago before I started recording, I was going through the rabbit hole of Quora, <laughs> looking at a bunch of random stuff. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Sorry, guys. It took us a little off path, but, you know, this is for those old timers that don't understand all of the social media. She old, folks. I only. <laughs> <laughs> As, as we're talking, I'm sitting here installing all of this stuff I'm hearing about, like, Medium and Quora and, Medium's another and rabbit Reddit hole. and all of that stuff. And now I'm like, okay, Lord, here we go with another, you know, three social media platforms that it can go on. Yeah, we should, actually, we should talk about Medium really quick because, I, uh, because I've been experimenting with it for the last three months or so. And, uh, and it's, been, it's been really interesting to kind of learn how... How medium works do you want should i give a, a brief intro to medium yeah you're schooling me right now buddy i love medium talk about it go for it so medium is a it's a platform for blogging so you could imagine like i have two options i could buy a url and do a wordpress right uh for my own site but the issue is that it's going to be really hard for people to find me unless they know specifically about my URL or I've done like an amazing job of SEO and I've been creating content for a year and I'm finally on the first page of Google for certain keywords. The advantage of going on Medium is that you don't have to buy a URL. You can set up your own blog where you set up 
your own publication on Medium itself. And there's already this community of people who are on there. And so there, it's much more likely that people are going to kind of stumble upon your content just by the fact that it's kind of a closed, smaller, closed ecosystem where people are liking and commenting and clapping for content. Now, I was just saying, Medium is great to test out your ideas. So if you are using content to get abroad and you wanted to see, you know, do people, will people like this or will people like that? So you can really experiment because Medium will give you data. It will tell you how many people have read or read the entire article, how many likes, if you're getting any engagement, comments, that sort of thing. So the, the comments and the engagement are really a, a true factor of people like, you know, really enjoying your content. But it's a great way to experiment with a bunch of random stuff, random topics to see what works. Yeah, and you and the visibility is great. So like for example, I'm a writer at the startup as of last week. I was just published for the first time and now that means I get to be a writer. Um, nice. and I can submit congratulations. Oh, That's awesome. Hey, you, you, you keeping stuff from us? I have so many secrets. <laughs> He's so silly. But no, that's awesome. <laughs> Do we know I'm famous? Um, yeah, so but but you so that's the startup has three hundred and fifty thousand followers. And so you're getting tons of eyes on your content. Um, I'm a writer at the Ascent as well, which also has I don't know how many followers they have, but they have a lot as well. And so there you go. You put you post your content on on the on the startup and you're getting tons of eyes on your ideas and they can obviously follow back to your profile and figure out who you are. And so when we're talking about visibility, that's it. I've found Medium to be, just in the last couple months, um, a really nice tool for, for getting your ideas out there. I love it. That's, that's, good, that's idea. a good idea. Okay, so thank you guys for giving us a little bit of background on those three platforms, which is Reddit. Am I saying it right? Yep, Reddit. Quora mm-hmm. and Medium. Yep. But what I've heard you guys say is Medium is a really good community for writers. Yes. That's a blogging uh, uh, platform. Writers and entrepreneurs, yeah. yeah. Any so, kind of entrepreneurs? Yeah. Yeah. Most, uh, yeah, I would say mostly. So it's a lot of like, I would say, actually, that's not true. I would say it's really good for like writers, like writer, writers, like nonfiction. Uh, uh, There's everything yes. on there from erotica to startup and technology. No, I'm serious. And poetry. So if you're a poet, you can but write on there. Writers. That's yeah. what I'm trying. It's, it is I'm for trying, writers. I'm trying to find out what industries should use which platforms. It's for writers, but if you're... At the end of the day, let's say you're a marketer, you know, you don't need to be like people get nervous about the writing thing, but you don't need to be this freaking you don't need to be like Robert Frost. Right. You just <laughs> if you understand your industry, then you can write about it. and You can talk about it at the end of the day, as long as you understand your industry and you see yourself as an expert in that industry, in that niche, you can write about it. So don't let the fact that it's a blogging platform or writing platform deter you from actually putting out valuable information that could help people. Yeah. Information about like, you know, self-help hack, like, per, like hacking, like personal hacks or whatever. Like we said, entrepreneurs, writers, um, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And the post sometimes can be really short or super long. So um, it runs the gamut. Okay, yeah. And cool. actually your, your comments count as posts as well. So mm-hmm. even just if you went in and only commented, on people's posts those would show or yeah on people's posts those would show as your own posts Mm -hmm. and people clap for those and you can get engagement just for your posts or just for your comments alone and that's a great way to develop relationships so does this tie into pitch to publications almost in a sense where you would get that validation from the social community yep 
you can for go, sure. Yeah, you can. Aaron can talk about that, but yeah, you can definitely do Such that. Such a great segue. Yeah, I mean, when you're yeah, it would be on. It would be I mean, for medium specific things. It would be um, within the medium ecosystem. But yes, I mean, the Washington Post. Is, I mean, I don't think you can apply to the Washington Post, but there's a lot of really popular publications that are fairly accessible to anyone who has valid ideas about a topic or an industry. And so it's pretty open in that way. And most of the publications have open, you can, anyone can buy, not apply. Anyone can, what would you say, uh, like, or send content to any publication uh, for a chance to get published. <laughs> yeah, sorry, and it's a simple, Aaron. it's a simple click simple. of a button. Yeah, I'm it's sorry. a simple click of a button. You guys don't understand, right? When you have to sit next to Francis. Oh my and, God, here we go. You know, it's not my fault. You cannot <laughs> exercise self-control. Erin, she's messing with me. Come get her. <laughs> All right, back on track. All right. Leverage your content. So the, the thing that I would like to emphasize with leveraging content is that I want to destroy the idea that you need to have a million followers for your content to be valid. And I'll, you, you knew I was going to shoehorn this in there. So I was recently featured in Forbes. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, and Check the reason that, that, plug. <laughs> <laughs> that is a shameless plug. We expect it. We okay. expect it from you, it's but go okay. ahead. <laughs> it's part of my nature. He's um, so silly. Yeah, so I was recently put, yeah, I was recently featured in Forbes, and the reason that I was able to be featured in Forbes was because of this. One year ago, I provided a quote to a Forbes writer, and she was looking for information about millennials working abroad. And so I pitched to her. I, I had been following her on Twitter and she had sent out, if you have any information about working abroad, I would love to hear from you. So I just saw that in my feed and I sent her a message and said, hey, I have this site called 12 Hour Difference, it's all about working abroad. I'd love to provide a quote. So I got to provide a quote and that was the first time I was featured in Forbes just with a small quote. That's awesome. So, so then I had that connection. Okay. So then a year goes by and my team, she ends up getting moved to a different part of Forbes and my team is actually working on some, my nine to five, my team is working on something kind of related to the topic she's now covering at Forbes. So then already having the long 20 email chain from the first time we went back and forth about me getting a quote in Forbes, I said, hey, um, it's me again. I'm doing so-and-so at my job and I know that you're now covering this topic at Forbes and um, I'm wondering if you'd be interested in, in covering my team. I think it would be a really cool story for you. And she said yes. And that's without and, – and then I got a full two-page article in Forbes about me and my team, and it's awesome. And it was yeah. it obviously like my – all of my – my team was super excited and my bosses were super excited. It was amazing for, for me. And, and now that's on the internet as well, which, which is really, really cool. Yeah, and the reason I say this is because – I 12 hour difference did not have a million followers or anything like that, but I had a lot of content on there and I tried to make it as high quality as possible and I was able to leverage it in that way. And so that's why the, the, the value that comes from content is not only from the number of followers you have or the number of site visits you have. There's a lot of other ways that you can leverage it to, to really bring you a lot of value, a lot of visibility, a lot of exposure. So you're our perfect example of everything that we're talking about using Twitter, oh. using LinkedIn, you know, keeping your, your eyes on the pulse and just putting your content out there and see how that progression takes place. So 
this stuff works. Yeah, I've been I've been amazed at the people like the interviews I've done. I had the CEO of Startup Portugal, which is like this crazy guy who's a he's an advisor to the EU and all kinds of stuff. And I had gone back and forth with at Startup Portugal on Twitter, and then I had found the the girl who runs it at Startup Portugal on LinkedIn, and we connected on there. And then I sent her an email and said, "Hey, we're connected on Twitter and LinkedIn." Um, I have this blog. Would your CEO be interested in coming on for an interview? And she was like, hey, you have cool content. Uh, he would love to. Uh, if he, had, he has 40, 45 minutes on Friday, would you be interested in doing a Skype call? And I was like, yeah, sure. And then I got this awesome interview with like a super insightful, smart guy who's like leading the growth of startup Portugal uh, in Portugal. And so and that's how it was for the CEO of uh uh, startup Argentina and and the leader at IBM and all of these people and it is just by having this persona online and having people be able to see my work and my thoughts and then being able to use that to start a conversation. No, I love that and it's a great segue into how you you've used your content as an excuse to reach out to thought leaders and get guests and start conversations. So, like I said, it works, guys. Yeah, but I mean, let's just like tap into that what what you said, which was really important is that it's not about the number of people that follow you or the number of likes or the number of, you know, um, listeners or whatever, because it could be that right one person that's listening. <laughs> Do you get what All I'm you saying? Need um, or you can be helping to change someone's life or you can be really just impacting one or two people. And that's all that matters. Quality, yeah. not quantity. That's right. And I think that's that's exactly the way to say it is that, you don't, it's not that you need, if you have a million people who see your content, but none of them can actually get you to where you want to go, it's not worth that much. But if that one person who you want to see it, sees it and likes it, that could be life-changing. I mean, it was, you know, my current job is related to e-commerce and I had applied to it with a, as a 23-year-old with no experience. But what they found interesting was that at the time I had an online e-commerce store. Now, it was a very small e-commerce store. We did like $1,000 in sales in three months before I closed it. But That's pretty good. But I was running it. I was I was running an e-commerce store. And the startup I had applied to was related to e-commerce. So that gave me a little bit of, of context or a little bit of connecting tissue between myself and, and this startup. And it also showed that I was a little bit entrepreneurial. And I had, you know, I had at least started my own thing. I had been proactive, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, a bottom line is, you know, as much as some of us, it's a necessary evil being online, doing all these things. It takes work. Uh, it takes uh, some initial grunt work. But once you get a rhythm going, uh, you're going to find yourself living abroad more likely than not. I mean, whether or not you want to live or, just or work travel. abroad or whatever it is that your goal is. Yeah, I posted a um, quote that said, entrepreneurship is living a few years of your life like most people won't so that you can spend the rest of your life like most people can't. Do you get that? You want me to repeat that? I get that? that. Okay, I just want to make sure that resonates. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Content can be a huge differentiator when you're trying to do anything. It can be, can be a big differentiator because people, okay, all I was saying is that Content can be a huge differentiator in anything that you're trying to do. So if you ima always just imagine a hiring manager sitting there with two resumes and they have your name and someone else's. And when they put your name in, do you want them to see uh, your Medium publication, your feature in an industry blog, 
your Instagram with your professional photography or videography or whatever? Or do you want them to put your name into Google and see nothing? That's a lot of value that you can put on when, when you're looking for, to move your career abroad. Yeah. And I just think it, it can help a lot, even if it, you don't see the immediate benefits right away. Got it. So our last topic before we get to start grinding. So Aaron, can you speak a little bit more to what a pyramid search is and how that could be very useful? Yeah, actually, this pyramid search thing, it articulated something that I've experienced, and that's why I wanted to add it in here. And it's that, and it's a bit about the, it, it relates to the delayed gratification of content as well, which is that when you first start out, you may feel that you don't have a lot of traction, you don't have that many visitors, you don't have that many, that much interaction or whatever. But what you'll the idea that like as you go on, you get a certain level of expert maybe. Like as an example, you get a certain level of expert as an interview on your blog, right? But then that expert knows other experts who maybe are even more high profile in the field. So they can refer you to them and say, hey, like I'm, I know my stuff, but there's this other guy that I know who would be amazing for your blog. And you say, oh my gosh, can you contact me? or put us in contact with each other. And then that person is like, hey, I really enjoy being on your thing. I know this guy. He's like amazing and everyone knows him. I'm sure he would love to come on the blog. And you're like, that's awesome. And so it's just that over time you get that buildup and you get, as you as you do more content, you have more guests, you build your network a little bit, you get more and more opportunities to interact with better and better people. Okay, yeah, that makes sense because even with just doing the podcast, as it spreads – we've been able to meet other people and other people refer other people and it it just seems to get bigger and bigger so i, I didn't even know there was a terminology for it yeah i didn't either that's why i want to put in because i had actually i didn't know that anyone that what the actually that dynamic actually had a name but then i started thinking about oh yeah it was like i had like just a millennial who was living abroad first but then i could use that as an example of how i do interviews so i pitched like someone at ibm and then she knew someone who was like an entrepreneur and he was living abroad, so she connected me with him, and he was—he knew a CEO of like Startup Portugal, so they connect. So it just kind of builds that way. So it's almost similar to what is it, third degree or second degree? What's it called? Of separation. Yes, there we go. The high, the caliber increases. Yeah, and the point being that even if you don't feel like you're doing amazing an amazing job at the beginning, if you stick with it, those little opportunities will like pop up, and you can take advantage of those, and those can be parlayed into even better opportunities. I love the way you said that parlay. It's funny. All right, very good. So what do we have left? Now it's time to take some action. So start grinding for this week. I thought it would be a good idea, especially if some of our listeners are not as active or familiar with social media, to go ahead and create a social media account, either on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, Reddit, whatever, any of the ones that we talked about today. Um, just create a create a, an account, go on there, poke around, and see what it's about, and if you think that it's it's relevant for your industry or not. And then go ahead and post a piece of content. It could be as small as a tweet, it could be as big as a full blog post, whatever you feel comfortable with, but make it related to your industry, just so you get the feel of and kind of get that first step out of the way of putting your thoughts out there to the world, uh, maybe for the first time especially related to your industry um, if you've never done it before and then engage one industry leader on the platform so that's tweeting at an industry leader and saying hey I just put this content out let me know what you think about it or sending a direct message to someone and saying hey I would love to connect you're in my industry in the country that I want to uh, live in we should chat or or even 
if you are feeling really bold asking someone to do an interview for your podcast that you want to do or your blog post or something like that. So uh, creating one account on a social media platform, posting one piece of content, and then engaging with an industry leader. Love it. I mean, just keep trying to do that and it's going to bring wonders to you reaching your goals. And yeah. So Aaron, thank you so much for sharing your insights. We really appreciate having you as part of Chronicles Abroad Global Grind series. And we're definitely going to be checking out your work uh, through Medium and all the other platforms that you've got your content out there. Thank you. And maybe I'll make a surprise appearance in the next couple of weeks at some point again. Absolutely. Cool. Thank you, guys. Now that you got a taste of the Global Grind series, we're here every Tuesday to give you practical advice so you can begin your international career. And of course, don't miss our regular Chronicles Abroad episodes every Wednesday to listen to real people living that international life. Make sure you also follow us on Twitter at Chronicle Abroad and Instagram at Chronicles underscore abroad and send all of your questions to us either on Twitter or through our email, globalgrind at chroniclesabroad.com. Until then, stop daydreaming and start grinding. Music by Almighty K-Rock.